Hello and welcome back to Recover to Flourish, the podcast that aims to debunk all things eating disorder recovery and bring a bit of light to your eating disorder recovery journey. I'm your host, Keandra. I'm an eating disorder recovery coach and I'm a survivor of an eating disorder. And this podcast is everything I wish I could have learned in my own eating disorder recovery journey. And I'm sharing it with you all. In today's episode, it's going to be a festive one, and I'm very excited for that, but I'm also very excited that I'm joined by a lovely guest. So Natalie, who is the founder of Wake Up and Smell the Rosé, is joined by me today, and we're going to be talking all things food guilt with a bit of a festive spin. It's going to be really, really insightful. I hope that you love it, Um, and yeah, I'm just going to dive right in, and yeah, as always, the links are below if you need any additional information. I'm actually, little side note, I'm opening up coaching spaces for January. So if you want to start your food freedom journey and unchain yourself from diet culture, apply now, book in a discovery call with me, have a 15 minute chat. We'll talk all things recovery and I will help you get your life back. So if you are interested, look at the links in the show notes. But for now, I'm going to get straight into today's episode and I am joined by the lovely Natalie. So Natalie, you might know on Instagram because she has the, like the most beautiful social media page I've seen, um, in a very, very long time. I love her posts. So if you don't know her already, she is the founder of Wake Up and Smell the Rosé. So Wake Up and Smell the Rosé is a page driven by Um, her passion for helping those recover from disordered eating. So the same kind of stuff that I do, but uh, Natalie is an eating disorder therapist and she has founded a newly launched community. So it is called Commune ET. It's very clever, I must say. I was very impressed with the naming. Um, And that is a community for those struggling, again, with disordered eating, with group calls, workshops and just that supportive environment. So Natalie has a lot on her plate, but without further ado, Natalie, would you like to introduce yourself to the podcast? Yeah. Hi, Kendra. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Natalie. I'm a registered psychotherapist specializing in eating disorders based out of Toronto, Canada, but I see women worldwide and through the community as well. And I'm happy to be here. Amazing. And, you know, uh, I would, I'm going to leave Natalie's socials down below. So she has many posts actually recently published um, around her story and what's led her to be in the position today. If you do want to find out any more about Natalie, so I would go and head there for some great um, informative posts. But as mentioned in the introduction, we're going to be focusing today on food guilt and we're going to put a bit of a festive spin on it. So Again, this is something where food guilt is something that everyone experiences from time to time in eating disorder recovery. I've not known um, a client not experience some sort of feelings towards guilt, whatever that might look like. Now, that being said, it can it can fit many different forms. But given we are going up to the festive season and there is going to be more food occasions and no matter where you are kind of in the world, there might be getting together um, around food. I thought this was a really timely episode. So I suppose to kick things off, Natalie, could you explain what food guilt is in the context of eating disorder recovery and why it's such a common struggle for, for people in this journey? For sure. Food guilt 
is this uncomfortable feeling of regret and angst that you can feel after having something to eat. And I think it usually results from a few different contributing factors. I think one thing that contributes to food guilt are the deeply held beliefs that we have about foods being either good or bad, as well as having other strict rules about what to eat, what not to eat, when to eat it, and how much of it we should be eating. And this struggle is really common because most people with eating disorders have extremely restrictive rules around eating that are easily broken. Another thing is, is when you have an eating disorder, chances are you have an intense fear of weight gain. And so a lot of your choices around food revolve around, you know, whether this food is going to make me gain or lose weight, even though it doesn't really work like that that's sort of the belief. So we can have a lot of regret and guilt after eating a specific food if we think that that food is going to either cause weight gain or prevent us from losing weight. And so that can cause a lot of guilt and regret. And I think food guilt can also come from learned experiences related to food. So for example, if you have been met with shameful comments about specific foods from family members or people in your life, you might now associate that food with shame and guilt um, or just hearing people in your life talk about food in negative ways that can lead to an attachment of guilt to that food. For sure. And I, I often find when I'm working with my coaching clients that guilt is such a hard emotion to um, describe because I actually feel like guilt is a combination of a lot of different things because guilt is, you know, it, it doesn't, you can't just put your finger on why you feel guilty or what actually is coming up. Guilt could be a combination of anger, you know, upset, uncomfortableness. So that's why people say, you know, I feel guilty, but what does that actually mean? And that's why I often look kind of below the surface. And I don't know if you'd kind of agree with that at all. I do agree with that. And I think it could be also mixed with anxiety and shame. Like you kind of just feel this sense of badness or that something is going to go wrong or something has gone wrong that you can't always describe. Because a lot of the times, you know, there's a logical part of your brain that says, I know, you know, all foods are good foods or like, I know that this one meal won't make me gain weight. Um, a lot of the times there is that logical part of your brain that can rationalize that part of it. And yet you still have this huge uncomfortable feeling that you can't really move or get rid of. For sure. And I think it leads us on to actually, I suppose, thinking, you know, about how to actually identify feeling guilty. And again, if we kind of have this firstly we'll talk about just in generalized context of eating disorder recovery but then we'll have a little bit of a think around the the holiday and festive time but you know what are actually some of the signs or behaviors that can help you know someone struggling with an eating disorder or in recovery recognize when they're struggling with food guilt yeah i think a lot of the times our emotions manifest in thoughts like in these intrusive thoughts so i think that if you're ruminating about what you ate, um, if you are going over everything you ate that day, or you keep thinking about 
a, a specific meal and how you shouldn't have eaten that or what was wrong with that in your mind, um, that can be a sign of guilt. So thinking a lot about it. I think um, asking for reassurance can also be a sign of guilt, like asking someone else, you know, oh, should, should I have eaten that? Or this is what I ate and, oh, I feel so bad about it. And, you know, sort of trying to get reassurance from that other person that, you know, what you ate was okay or that everything's going to be fine. Um, I know that in my experience with disordered eating, you know, I had a friend who was sort of also dealing with a similar thing and we would kind of reach out to each other for that way, for that support when we felt like we ate something wrong or, or bad. And that reassurance can feel nice in the moment, but it really actually maintains the food guilt in the long term because you never really get to just kind of sit with that feeling or work it out on your own and, and realize that, you know, it is okay to eat something like that and without anything bad happening. So fortunately her and I, you know, we both, we have a better understanding of that and we don't engage in that kind of reassurance or discussions with each other anymore. But that was just an example of, you know, when you don't really even know what you're experiencing and how asking for reassurance can be feeding into the problem. For sure. I think, you know, you're, you're, you're totally right there. And, and I think, especially if I'm, if I add a bit of like a festive spin to it, it's, you know, it might be at the, you know, at the dinner table or, you know, Christmas parties or, you know, actually asking as well, um, around, is it okay to do this, eat this, wear this, I think as well, um, often comes into play is, it's not just about food. So oftentimes like food and feeling guilty about food is then manifested into the way that one perceives themselves. Um, I know that that maybe was part of what, how my food guilt would manifest in the past is actually going, do I look okay now? Or, or asking for the reassurance around my appearance. And I think it's often not just about, is it okay that I ate that or did that? It's also a manifest into one's self-image um and that can be really really apparent um at, at Christmas and, and around parties because a lot of times and this isn't for anyone but if they're in a working environment there's festive parties office parties where there is that you know um more emphasis on what you wear and what you look like um than other times of the year so that that's some other ways that food guilt can manifest I don't know if, if you've ever, you know, come across that, uh, Natalie, or, or in your own journey. Yeah, definitely. I can totally relate to that. And I think it's so hard when you're at these Christmas parties or holiday functions and people are expressing their own food guilt. Because it's one thing to be doing the work on your own, like working through your own food guilt and realizing okay, I have nothing to feel guilty about. This is just, you know, my eating disorder thoughts talking and things like that. But then when you hear someone else who doesn't, you know, apparently have an eating disorder um, or come out with having an eating disorder and they are saying, you know, like, oh, I got to hit the gym tomorrow or, you know, oh, I shouldn't have gone for that second helping or, you know, they're expressing all these comments mm. related to their food guilt. It kind of makes you feel like your own food guilt is therefore justified 
and it can, they're essentially projecting their guilt onto you and making you feel guilty about eating maybe even when you weren't even feeling guilty. For sure. And and I think as well, like to add to that is unfortunately we do, we do live in a society where disordered eating, diet culture and eating disorders are all a bit of a blur and one must, you know, educate them and, and release themselves from the chain of all of this stuff. And it doesn't mean that just because other people are doing this doesn't mean that, you know, it's relevant for you or you need to even feel this way is maybe they haven't got to the stage in their own journey where they can release themselves from that. But I definitely see that come up time and time again, like the normal population and normal if you can, you know, I put that in quotation marks because it's just so normalized in society, um, which makes it really hard to to identify. I think another thing that I will bring up and, and maybe you can add to it, Natalie, is the fact that food guilt often manifests then in behaviors. Um, and obviously there is a there is a side to it where we will look at coping with that food guilt. But sometimes if somebody's uneducated or even not in their recovery journey yet, to mitigate some of the feelings um, that food guilt has and those emotions that come up, one often then tries to neutralize that with with behaviors. Would you do you have anything to add to that kind of point, Natalie? Exactly. I think a lot of the times um, what I talk about with community members is like, you know, when you're struggling with disordered eating, there's a really good chance that you are someone who is actually really intelligent and ambitious and like usually able to fix problems. You know, we're, we're like a community of doers and fixers. And so when it comes to emotions, we often feel like we can just fix our emotion or it happens so automatically that we don't even realize we're, we are trying to fix an emotion. So we go straight to, um, you know, might notice this uncomfortable feeling and go straight to planning to restrict or to compensate in some way. For example, um, having those urges to engage in compensatory behaviors. So, yeah, it's and that is the sort of thing that also reinforces the food guilt because we never really get to learn that, you know, this is just an emotion that can move through us just like all emotions do. So when we go straight to a behavior, that neutralizes the emotion in the moment, but we never really get the chance to learn how to cope with that feeling or work through it on our own. For sure. And I think with that, you know, with all of that being said, I think it also really affects one's emotions again. So it's kind of cyclical, like the Mm -hmm. guilt comes up, like bubbling, uh, sometimes one will engage in a behavior quite often one will uh, engage in a behavior and then there's the emotions that come maybe through both sides I think oftentimes people just see it from a emotions of feeling you know x y and z and we'll talk a bit about the emotional toll but I think some people who are actively in recovery feel also guilt for maybe engaging in disordered eating behaviors again I've often seen that it's like, well, I'm in recovery. I've just compensated because I felt guilty. Now I feel guilty for doing that. I think it's like a double-edged sword a lot of the time, but what other emotions and do you feel like comes up with this process that might hinder somebody's recovery progress or even, you know, at least just hinder them in general? 
Yeah, that's such a good point because it's like guilt is then functioning in both an adaptive way and a maladaptive way. Like we should never feel guilty for eating. So in that case, the guilt is not really justified. But if you're feeling guilt for engaging in a disordered behavior because you know that that's hindering your recovery, then that guilt could actually be signaling to you that, you know, you've done something that goes against your morals and you need to stop doing that or reduce that behavior to feel to feel better cuz the the function of guilt is to signal to us that you know we've done something that goes against our values and to correct the behavior so that's why it's it's such a tricky emotion in eating disorder recovery and it comes down to reevaluating your own values like i think that a lot of healing the guilt around food is re-identifying your values with food. Because when you have an eating disorder, you you sort of feel like the only two things that you value are eating healthy and weight loss. So mm. any type of eating behavior that doesn't fall into those categories or doesn't align with those values makes you feel guilty. But in recovery, if you're saying, okay, well, I also value social connection. I also value um, spontaneity. I also value flexibility. Then that gives you more room to eat different kinds of foods and eat in different ways and not have to feel guilty about eating. So I think that's one of the tricky parts, but, um, you know, another thing that can get in the way of that is shame. Like, you know, with food guilt, like you mentioned, it's not just guilt. It's like a lot of different emotions. And I think, shame can be something that hinders recovery because we are really identifying with our food behaviors so much that we start to feel like we're not good enough to enjoy this food or my body's not good enough to have this food. Like we feel guilt, the sense of like not deserving to eat certain foods because we aren't a certain way or I can't be this person that I want to be if I eat this food kind of thing. So I think shame can really hinder recovery. Like if we are not really grounded in our values and who we are accepting ourselves for how we are now, then that's going to translate into our, our control of food and body. For sure. And I think, you know, uh, you know, that values exercise is really, really, really important. And you can even just Google, you know, some values. And I know that sounds bizarre, but like, I think in the moment you're like, actually, what are my values? What are values in general? So, you know, having a quick Google search of actually going, okay, what are some values? And can I actually sit there and think, yeah, I hold that. I hold that more than typically destroying one's body because of guilt and it's like what would you say to a friend as well and 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 we're going quite into like coping strategies of side of it and I think you know thinking to the festive period it may with these emotional the emotional talk and it can make you really down and isolate you from those loved ones around you at that time and I think shifting your focus from the food that you've eaten or, you know, even, you know, the inability to move, because I think a lot of times it is a very down period and that's totally okay, but it can cause these, you know, feelings to come up. But actually shifting your focus from 
all of that stuff to actually what are the memories that you are making at this time with loved ones that is precious like these are times and moments that we never get back but Natalie what would you add to some you know coping strategies of actually being able to you know manage and overcome these feelings yeah I think it's so important to to learn how to really work with this guilt and how to how to be able to sit with it without engaging with it. And that's really, really hard when any kind of emotion is powerful, you sort of feel like you're in it. Um, so I'd say the first thing to do is just stop. Like when you notice that guilt is overwhelming you, or you're starting to ruminate about what you ate, or you're starting to plan behaviors or whatever it is, kind of say to yourself or envision like a stop sign in your mind saying stop. Like before you react, just acknowledge that you're triggered and identify what it is. Like I'm feeling guilty. Um, That can just kind of put a pause on a potential spiral from happening or for getting carried away with that guilt. Another strategy I like to use is is to write down your thoughts and just to like sit there and kind of brain dump everything that's going on in your brain because even that can help with clarity you know in in multiple ways sometimes you can see how irrational your thoughts are sometimes it just helps to put them somewhere to literally like take them out of your head and put them down and whatever you do with that can be helpful too like sometimes you can cross out those thoughts or you can crumple up the paper and throw it out um sometimes that can just help with neutralizing those thoughts or getting them out. Um, You can also challenge those thoughts or bring in a different type of emotion by say, you know, writing down three things that are going well in your life. So you're kind of like, okay, I'm dealing with this really uncomfortable food guilt right now. And how can I bring in something else to just balance out that feeling. So I can focus on things that are going well. I can focus on three things I like about myself. You know, even if it sounds corny, it's, it's going to help at least balance out that guilt. So if you can't completely get rid of it, which we often can't with emotions, how can we balance it out in some way? Then I would say distraction is a really good tool for this kind of feeling because like I said, you can't really get rid of it or expect it to go away. So what you can do is try to tolerate it. Um, And distraction can be a good way to accept, okay, I'm feeling this guilt and I don't want to engage in, you know, compensatory behaviors or anything that's harmful for me. I don't want to feed into the eating disorder. So how can I gently shift my focus to other things that are more helpful? So in the context of the holidays, that could be like really trying to focus in on conversations, really paying attention to what the other person is saying and coming up with a thoughtful response. That can be a great way to refocus your attention. Um, or, you know, paying attention to the music that's happening or going outside for a quick like breath of fresh air. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. cold. So that change in temperature is going to help you shift those emotions too. Um, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think it, the one with that is, um, I just quickly add is the five, four, three, two, one that I know you've spoken about in the past with that breath of fresh air. It just 
got me thinking about that um, activity, and it's a DBT activity, actually, um, where it's five things you can, and I always get this the wrong way around, so please excuse me if I say it in the wrong <laughs> order, but it's five three things you can see here four things you can hear three things you can smell two things you can I think it's two things you can touch and one thing you can taste I don't think it is in that order so I'm gonna link a link it down below because I've totally got that wrong but it is a really good distraction technique that also sometimes uh, can be incorporated with getting fresh air and you can just like sit on a step outside and that's what I would say about you know a festive meal just go out the take five minutes take five minutes go out of the room go and sit in the fresh air sit on like somebody's porch or you know the step or on a bench or wherever or stand up and looking at the sky is also really grounding um because you when you look up at the sky you you know no matter what time of the day you realize that it's so vast and that actually the feelings in this moment are not as you know not as scary as you may feel it's like this world is so large you know these feelings are in this moment but they are not going to last forever is another thing that I wanted to add just in as a little like segment there so yeah (laughs) nothing sorry about that I love the five, four, three, two, one method. And I, yeah, I always get the, get the senses mixed up as well. But I think as long as you can do one of each sense or activate one of each sense, like you're good. (laughs) Um, but it's such a good method. And I love how you incorporated that mindfulness piece into it. Like, yeah, this emotion feels really big right now, but in the grand scheme of life, it's actually going to be really small. And, you know, I'm not even going to remember this moment a week from now kind of thing. Um, So yeah, that mindfulness piece is always helpful, like staying separate from your thoughts and emotions. Because a lot of the time when you feel that guilt, it's so strong that you feel, you know, I have done something wrong. Like I feel this guilt, I am guilty. But it's that's just not the way that, it is, you know, with eating disorders, it's like triggers happen and they're not necessarily a a, a true representation of what is happening or going on in the moment. So staying separate from your thoughts as much as possible, knowing that you're not alone. I think sometimes thinking like, okay, I'm not the only one in the world who has felt really guilty about eating something. Like this is a common experience and people get through it all the time. I'll get through this as well. And having that compassion, like asking yourself what you truly need in this moment that is going to help you in a kind way. Because a lot of the times, you know, we sort of resort to self-criticism, like I shouldn't be feeling this way, or um, why can't I just be normal? Everyone around me is having a good time and I'm here spiraling. So trying not to beat yourself up and and really just think like, okay, this is how I'm feeling in this moment. It makes sense given everything I've been through and what can help me. And maybe that's also when you would decide, okay, I'll do the grounding. I'll use a grounding skill or I'll text a friend for distraction or something like that. For sure. And that and that comes in really to self-compassion. I can hear that kind of weaving in there as a coping strategy. And I'd add two things with that is number one, breathe it out. Breathing and our breath is so 
so healing and we don't actually realize the power of breath i think there's a um actually a a book that my my partner is reading at the moment called breathe and i think it's the art of breathing and just goes into you know actually how healing our breath is and so there's a lot of different breathing exercises you can do but the one that i like to do is box breathing so it's kind of hold in for breathe in for five hold for five breathe out for five and repeat the cycle I think with that as well, you can breathe whilst doing some self-compassionate affirmations. The words that we say to ourselves are integral. You know, you can completely shift your mindset about something with just the words you use about it. I think our minds and our words are so powerful that if we at least say to ourselves is, I may be feeling guilty right now, but I am not a guilt, like I'm not a bad person. I've not done anything wrong and these feelings will pass. And all of those positive affirmations whilst breathing and actually being mindful is so, you know, it gives you a lot of self-compassion. And it's really, it's a pivotal, you know, self-compassion is a pivotal role role in healing. It's actually giving yourself kindness. And I'm sure that you would agree with that, Natalie. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, this also happens outside of those triggering moments too, like really sitting down with yourself and reflecting on a moment when you were triggered and feeling guilty about food. Like, did you really need to feel guilty in that moment? Like, when should we feel guilty? I feel like we should feel guilty if we've hurt someone, if we've stolen something, if we've committed a crime. And I know that when you're in the thick of an eating disorder, you really do believe that you've hurt yourself by having certain foods. So that's why like reflecting on it and doing some work outside of these triggering moments is really important because you need to really gather that information and exposure to other forms of thinking, like really try to get a a grasp on why you actually haven't hurt your body. You haven't done anything wrong in those moments. Um, And that takes a lot of practice, but you're right. Our words are so powerful. Like we can really rewire our brain. And by doing that work outside of the triggering moments, it helps prevent future triggers because you've really thought through multiple times about why you know, eating that food that you normally feel guilty about isn't actually hurting anyone, including yourself. I'd say if if we think to the festive period, a lot of time that, you know, maybe your support system will take a break because obviously we need to remember that your team um, are, are humans too and they'll probably be taking some downtime. But it's always good to kind of work with some professional help. Now, I know not everyone is in the position where they can afford professional help or even access professional help. However, it's really essential to acknowledge that recovery is not a solo journey. So especially around Christmas, if you haven't got that support there from your traditional support network, there is helplines that tirelessly work over over the the festive period and I will leave them down below that but there is that person to talk to and it might even be about appointing someone within your family within your friend group within you know your network to be you know like a temporary support person someone that you can actually go to to talk not necessarily to seek reassurance I think that's something whereby we need to kind of mitigate that because that feeds the eating disorder or the disordered thought but actually just being able to let out some of that emotion and be able to heal um, 
those those thoughts and rewire um but I suppose as well you know Natalie I'm sure you're taking taking some time off the festive period but you've newly launched you know your community and I'm sure the power of the power of healing in a group is really important as well Definitely. Yeah. One thing that's great in the community is just having that peer support. So, you know, being able to text someone anytime of just someone else who's on the same journey as you, who's going through it. And like you said, can just not necessarily provide reassurance, but can be there to support you and say, you know, I'm going through something similar and this is what I'm doing to distract myself or just having a discussion with someone else about something totally irrelevant can be a distraction from that moment. So yeah, if it's not, you know, someone on your treatment team, it could be someone who's part of the community or part of your friend group just to be able to connect with. For sure. For sure. And I think lastly, you know, a point that I want to kind of end with is number one, you know, you have nothing to feel guilty for, you know, by, you know, you're a, you're a human and have nothing to feel guilty for, for nourishing your body. And that might be a little bit more than you might usually eat, but your body is smart. It will handle that. And actually it will be a great opportunity to connect with those around you. So at Christmas time, it is going to be a little bit of a harder time, but you are you are completely valid in your emotion, but also so, so capable of getting through this in a positive way. I think also, you know, there might be some triggering comments and I will be doing some content both on my social media um, and on the podcast about dealing with, you know, triggering comments from, from, from family members or friends, but which might reinforce that food guilt. But I want you to remember you can separate yourself from these from these comments and these behaviors and your journey is your journey. So, you know, as the the festive period starts, because this is going to be, you know, the first podcast in a, in a series uh, over December, you know, try and start the month as you mean to go on. Um, but yeah, Natalie, if you've got anything final you'd like to, to add and, and maybe tell the listeners where, where they can find you. Yeah, definitely. I think, one thing to keep in mind over the holidays is that it's okay if the holidays are hard. You know, I think that a lot of the times eating disorder thoughts and behaviors are also like coping mechanisms. They sort of give us something to think about when, you know, family situations are difficult and maybe they're not very enjoyable. So just be easy on yourself and know that eating disorders are coping mechanisms and there are other ways to cope. So by planning ahead for these events, thinking about what other coping tools might be helpful when you feel triggered, that can be great. And I'll, you know, like you, like you are too, I'll be trying to post a lot of um, information and sort of helpful coping tools on my page this season too. So if you want to find me, I'm at wake up and smell the rosé on Instagram and TikTok. And my website is wakeupandsmelltherose.com. Amazing. Well, like I said, I'll leave all those links below. But I just want to thank you, Natalie, for joining me today. I think it's been a great and very worthwhile conversation to have. And and like, like I say, this isn't necessarily just to be used at the festive period. This, 
you know, is timely, but again, is is something that many people experience throughout their recovery journey. So I just want to thank you again, Natalie. And for all um, of the lovely listeners, I will be here um, in a week's time with another episode and a, with a festive spin. If you do have time, it would be great if you could leave a review or leave a comment and share it with others who may be struggling. Your support is vital to keep this podcast running and I appreciate every one of you listening. Um, But for now, goodbye, Natalie. Thank you again. And yeah, we'll speak soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for having me. We'll talk to you soon.